Welcome to the Ross Project Overdrive, an extension of the Ross Project Live that airs every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and audio and video on Facebook Live, Periscope, Twitch, LinkedIn, and YouTube. This is where we discuss no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice on life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and of course, I'm your host, and today I am joined by String Nugain. Was that correct? Did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> no, but good try. It's you win, we all win. You right, win. that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. So it's been a long time, actually. String was, uh, let's see, we did a podcast together, what, probably a couple of years ago, I think? Or we did some kind of a live or something, I believe, a couple of years ago. It's That's crazy how things happen in the last couple of years because I think right. we talked about Meerkat at that time, didn't we? We were yes. really big about it. But... Oh my goodness. No, it's been actually more than a couple of years because didn't Facebook Live technically kill Meerkat, so to speak, kind of? Twitter did and Periscope. And look at Periscope now. It kind of died this year as well. Well, you know, ironically enough, speaking of Periscope, uh, I believe that as of March, March 1st or March 21st, Periscope is going away. I know. That's why it's like it's going to die anyway. And right. the funny thing was, like, I actually monetized on Meerkat using Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. There are people messaging me now. It's like, String, I can't access this account anymore. It's like, dude, they closed that account because Airbnb bought ChangeTip mm -hmm. two years later. So it was kind of crazy what has happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before we jump into and and, and kind of take it way back to your early days. I just want to do a quick intro about you. So, you know, viewers and listeners know who you are and what you've done. So after 10 plus years in growth and marketing space, uh, now you're the founder of the trusted voice. And what you're doing is developing tools to empower professionals and entrepreneurial folks to be a trusted voice. So some of your wins um, being on LinkedIn since the late 2017 is that you know, you've gone from zero to 65,000 followers, four times top voice out of 670 million professionals, and now considered to be the top 400 creators worldwide. You've monetized your audience, growth and expertise, developed your startup, The Trusted Voice. First of all, congratulations on all your success. Those are just yes. some amazing, amazing accolades. But before we talk about LinkedIn, and I know Clubhouse was something that we mentioned before we hit record, let's go way, way, way back and let's talk about your early days. Let's talk about a little bit about your childhood and growing up and how did you get into the, the digital space? That's what I'm curious about knowing. Well, I always start with my mom because she gives you context about who I am and what drives me today. Mm -hmm. She's a refugee from Vietnam, escaped the war from Vietnam and went to Australia so she was a single mom too that brought up five kids. So I happened to be the second kid. And I always tell this story where she's super resourceful. She couldn't afford childcare, but she chuck us in the library every day and pick us up there. So my li the library, the local library became our place. My Google, my Merck, my ICQ, my Facebook group. Like It's kind of like just where I just hang out and hanged out with Sigmund Freud almost every day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's why, where my first one knowledge came from. And I realized that I always try to book the internet as much as I can. I see it empty. My brothers and I will fight over it, mm -hmm. literally. Um, and uh, I think like um, the library has given me that basis for to keep 
doing what I need to do. And um, my mum jokes around and says, like, if you read too much, you get crazy. And I'm like thinking, even to this day, she looks at me a little bit crazy as well because she doesn't quite understand what I do. But she yeah. just knows that I get to travel around the world, do what I love and make money from it as well. So it's like, oh, you make money from it now. In the early right. days, my um, I graduated and did all the things that my mum wanted me to do which was like, I um, was the first one to graduate as an interior designer. And I did it for her more than for me. Yeah. And, but he made it happy and everyone's like, why didn't you just get a really good job? So they look at me a little bit like crazy. You probably have that, right, Ivan? Because I remember reading your oh, yeah. for pages. Messages. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the reason I wanted you to start out actually, because, you know, the, I guess sort of the foundation of the Roz project has always been bringing, bringing people with interesting stories such as yourself. And a lot of these stories really, uh, you know, have ethnical backgrounds. So, you know, being an immigrant, there's been a lot of immigrants on this show, sure that I've gone through the rags to, to riches, uh, you know, uh, transformation, so to speak. But it was so ironic when you were saying that, because yeah, I, I did go through that. I, I lived a life based on the expectations of my family. Like you said, you went to school to become an interior designer because you wanted to fulfill an expectation that your mom had. It wasn't an expectation that you had. And I think in the entrepreneurial space, you know, this you've been in it for quite a while, as well as is that especially if you, if you come from an immigrant family, I feel like you're you're living the life of someone else, usually your parents, because, uh, you know, they're an older generation and they have such huge you know, aspirations for you, but those aspirations aren't your own. It was so interesting when you said that you spent a lot of time in the li library. So self-taught, right? You basically mm -hmm. self-taught yourself everything that you know. And let's face it, if you know how to use a computer, use Google and you're a little bit resourceful, you can do that nowadays. But I think in that older generation, like your mom and my parents also, is this that, you know, that wasn't available. The internet wasn't available. And so uh, I think it was different, not to mention is that the cultural aspect really differentiated. But so, you know, you went to school, you became an interior designer, and then you realized that, you know what, this is a life that this, this is not my life. This is my mom's life. Oh, it, it wasn't even that. Like, I'm very, um, I love my mom a lot. But I think the turning biggest turning point when is when we lost my brother. Mm -hmm. And that was like the breaking point for me specifically um and then like I felt also because like I you know there's I felt my voice was being squished for society by being a female being Asian being Australian ironically Australians have a thing against people doing super well wow They're really like, well that's a first <laughs> there's a concept called tall poppy syndrome where they just cut mm -hmm. you when you grow and they like to cut the stalks of the flowers so then you topple down and I think it's been ingrained into us, but also British people don't like bragging as well. Wow, really? Yeah, and Asian people, you know, like it's all about being humble. But there's sure. a way of being, you know, showcasing your accomplishment with impact and with confidence, but you don't have to brag about it. Like, look at my, you know, there's ways of flexing without yep. flexing, I think. And I have to like find my way of doing it. And I was able to do that because they, and I realized like if I have to, achieve what I needed to achieve I just had to do it myself I can't rely on others to create that path and yeah. along the way I noticed that uh, you know string how did you get started you know what did you do to grow on LinkedIn like it's because I found my voice and was super authentic about it and myself 
that people yeah. want to do that as well. So it's just like they see aspects of me in them. And that, that's why I've created the startup called The Trusted Voice to help people be that trusted voice online. Yeah. Because the analog, you know, like the public speaking is not available anymore. So they yeah. have to transfer the knowledge and expertise and authority online. And they realize that being a creator online is also a way to grow their audience and establish their authority. Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, I want to talk more about LinkedIn and, and how you built your voice because um, you truly do have a unique voice. I think in, in part, it was probably because of the vulnerability and really just, you know, investing in yourself. But it's really interesting. I want to go back to for a second, just to round out the thought of because I'm, a, I'm an immigrant also, and I can totally relate to that point in time when I thought that, okay, I need to deal with my parents, you know? So I dropped out of college, you know, my parents were like, oh, that's not good. He would have been the first one to graduate from college, but it's like, well, that was the life that you wanted me to live. You know, for me, college was boring. I was off, you know, dicking around on Google and, and searching and doing all kinds of other stuff. So I think it's important. And I, and I really want to shift the conversation towards you in just a second, but I think it is very important to find your voice, who you are. Because after all, you're living for yourself and nobody else. And um, it's so ironic that we're talking about finding your voice. And I know you've done this on LinkedIn. Uh, recently, someone said something to me. They said, uh, the one person that you spend the most amount of time in your life is yourself. So wouldn't you want to do what you want to do in your life and not do it for everybody else? And I just got it really got me thinking I'm like, yeah, that is so true. You know, you got you got to live your own life. So uh, you started out 2017 on LinkedIn, and and I know you did a bunch of different things. I, I've been following you for a while. In fact, you're always popping in my feed, you know, on LinkedIn. And uh, but how did you get started in finding your voice? Like, what did you, what did you, like what did you do? Uh, it, I think we have to bring back Meekat to this conversation. Sure, Meekat was where I literally pushed myself out there. Mm -hmm. And when you're when you're finding your voice or sharing your voice, whether it be here with your head, your knowledge, or your heart, which is the vulnerability part. And there's an, we have to have the conversation about ego versus vulnerability or like victimhood because sure. that's what a lot of immigrants or like all families with like that kind of background have. We have a lot of victimhood in us and then the trauma that we carry of our parents. So we have mm -hmm. let's have that conversation too because I feel like that's something to delve into and a lot of people yeah. don't really unpack that as part of the journey of finding their voice, right? And people, um, so it started on Meerkat and I literally, I'm doing the same thing that I did on Meerkat, which is like growing a community, sharing knowledge and rocking up and showing up. It's, it's kind of the same thing that everyone does. Like the only difference is that you and I are more of a creator thinker where we rock yeah. up and create volume of content. But through the volume of content, we didn't seek perfection but we seek progress and we use that tool, the mechanism to find our voice, to gain confidence in the way we articulate and communicate. And right. a lot of people like, overthink. We're like, you and I are overthinkers, but we just overthink out loud now mm -hmm. using video. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. Like you and I just happen to use live stream as a mechanism to practice and communicate properly and effectively. And it's a, and Ironically, finding your voice is just is a journey about being a better human. Being oh, a that's... better version of being a better yeah. version of ourselves, right? Yeah. That's you know, 
one thing I wanted to mention that you said about video um, is that, at least for me, I know is when I started doing video, you know, it's been a while since I started doing this, but I think it was more about uh, sharing my story in a form of expression also. But you, you made a really good point about that. And I would love to hear more thoughts around that in the way that you specifically have done it. Because one thing that I really resonate with kind of what you're doing is that I think there was a huge component of vulnerability. Like you, you, like you said, you really like with Meerkat, like you really started putting yourself out there. Let's face it. The reality of things is most people are frightened to get on video. Literally, it's, it's almost like a death sentence to people, believe it or not. Just be like, no, 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 I don't want somebody to record me. Or when they hit record, it's like, they just draw a blank, you know? Yes, yes. And it's the same thing. I think video has the same barriers as public speaking. Yeah, yeah. And people are scared of public speaking more than death itself, apparently. Exactly. So, so you started put, to just to go back. So you started to put yourself out there. This was obviously in the, oh my God, four years ago, maybe has it been longer five, on your cat? Five. five years ago, five years ago that, oh my fucking God, that's insane. Like time just, that was actually a year into when I started my business. That's crazy. So that seems so long ago. Okay. So Meerkat, you started to put yourself out there, but what I want to know is the, the psychology your psychology behind what was rationalizing in your mind when you were like, okay, Meerkat, I'm going to use Meerkat, put myself out there. What was going through your mind? How were you processing this? There was two. I'm very technical and strategic, but I was still dealing with my ego or my barriers of imposter syndrome within me at the same time. Yeah. Um, that happens. That's, that's a very normal journey that everyone goes through and I mm-hmm. probably normalize it but that's because like I done the hard yards and I have to grapple with people recognize me on the streets but they don't say hello <laughs> right. like, hey I saw you down the street they like I remember like going to San Francisco on the first day and someone's like hey I saw you walking down the street and I and for like one week I grappled with that thing and said why didn't they say hi what was right. that and I and it was like do I want to deal with fame and then I realized that I had all these complexities about recognition as well. Yeah. Um, so that was like, that was like, I have to say, Meerkat allowed me to fly over to San Francisco and meet one of my champions. And after six months, yeah. I stayed rent-free on, in San Francisco in the middle of CBD, like learning about startup life. And that yeah. only happened because of Meerkat, because I had to put myself out there. And I didn't go out there to say, hey, I'm going to San Francisco and be global. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> no, I did not think like that. Yeah. There's a lot of unpacking to do with unraveling about who you want to be and how to be a big yeah. thinker. Or, and I remember the psychology of the first year of, of Meerkat where I just like, oh, I felt like a nobody trying to be a somebody. Mm, okay, a couple of things you mentioned that I, I want to actually expand upon. One, you said ego. It's so interesting you said that because when people actually realize that they have an ego problem, but in a bad way, like ego is a good thing because I think it's a confidence thing. But I think ego like in a bad way, like, hey, I'm, I'm somebody, you know, like, like they say, talk to the janitor in the same way you talk to the CEO. Like having that kind of mentality is huge. So the fact that actually, you talk, go ahead. Actually, uh, the, the way to talk to CEOs is talk like they're a janitor. 
And the way to talk to the janitor is like to talk to them like a CEO. That's a really good point. Yeah. Well, you said that and it really got me thinking because, you know, I've got, I've gone through that in the past, you know, it was like, you know, I want to be somebody, but I, but I've got such an inflated ego and this was probably my twenties, I think. And then like, I think it just took time really to, to, to like taper that off and realize that like, you know, really need to figure out who you are. Like you said, you went to San Francisco, spent six months. They're trying to figure out startup life, trying to figure out like, who do you want to become? And, and it was because of Miracap, because you put yourself out there when we live in a world where most people don't put yourself out there, they're afraid to put themselves out there, but even more so. And I think we're going in this direction with this conversation is that, okay, you're putting yourself out there, but then at what point did you realize that, Hey, vulnerability is a selling thing. Cause that's what you did. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think I have a really strong self-awareness from a young age it's probably mm-hmm. because of being an immigrant and I realized like society was against me. That's victimhood, yeah. by the way. But I did feel like there was like these pathway that was much easier for a certain type of people to go through because they had, uh, they had more resources and passes yeah. in life. And I, but I was given this, but I also recognized that people kept on lifting me up. So recognizing your champions early on and appreciating them because when they say, how can I help you or what can I do? You have to articulate what your purpose is and your goal is for people to lift you up. If you don't have any purpose, why should they lift you up? Because that's a waste of their resources and time. That's a a disrespect of what they achieved as well. You know, one thing I want to mention as we're talking about this, just to bring it full circle for viewers and listeners, is that we're talking about how you built a voice on LinkedIn. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, too, is that most people are like, well, LinkedIn is a business network, really, and you shouldn't get vulnerable and personal on it. Bullshit. Says who? Says you. The four times LinkedIn top voice. Exactly. (laughs) And this is just me just saying, hey, I achieved this by being myself. I dropped the mask because there is only one mask or one brain, one person, one me. It's like, why do I have to fake it or pretend by being someone else online? I am me. And for you to do business with me, I'd rather like just use that as a filter. And I have, I've created and worked with really established brands just by being with, by being me. Uh, Okay. The vulnerability part, mm, it comes with the ego. And I think if I need to like share this triangle and I keep forgetting the name of it, but this will help a lot of listeners deal with their ego sure. and how to be authentic. So this is triangle. And in the middle of the triangle, is we have the word ego. And each point has like certain keywords. One point has the word victimhood. And then you know what victimhood is. Like, yeah. worries me, life is against me. Right. <laughs> and the th- second one is savior. Like you have the Jesus complex. If you know this when, you know, people go to third world countries and go to orphanage and save them right yeah and then there's the persecutor and i think the capital theater or the capital rampage is a of the certain types of fear you know prosecution because like they feel like people freedom of speech is being impinged so they're yeah. like oh you're get if you don't believe in our philosophy or our religion you're against us right <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, you see it. You see that all these, yes. these are ego. These are like what I call toxic behaviors. Mm-hmm. That loves and thrives on drama. And you know, an ex-president happens to be 
very much knows how to like play this drama. Yeah. Okay. And the opposite, there's a mirror. You're like this. It's like, what is the opposite of ego? In the same triangle or the opposite of triangle is the authenticity word, authentic. Right. To be authentic, you need to be vulnerable. To be authentic, you need to have boundaries and definitions. Be assertive. So you need to be assertive, vulnerable, and have a winning attitude. You know, I want to, okay, I want to unpack what you just said, because it is so powerful. And mind you, we're talking about LinkedIn here. We'll get into Clubhouse in just a minute, but we're talking about LinkedIn. And you said vulnerable, which mind you, so when you said vulnerable and then you said authentic, right, also and also being driven and committed as well, is just that it's an attestment to <laughs> what I've done on LinkedIn in part that has resulted in building relationships, business relationships, but not just any rate, any relationships, because as you know, this as well, we do business with people we like and trust, right? So you have to be likable. You got to have character and personality. You got to have, you know, some banter, you know, you got to have some humor, you know, maybe some sarcasm too, and connect with people like that. Now that's the beauty about LinkedIn. It allows you to do that, especially now with LinkedIn live, as I know that you have, it is a lot of people are not quite leveraging it for that vulnerability and that authenticity factor, because that is little, and I'll give you a prime example. I mean, this was actually, was it last year or the year before when I was on LinkedIn and every single day I was putting out one new video. It was talking about my experiences, my failures in business, just being really vulnerable, but really just storytelling for the most part. Now I had set, I had set it as a goal for me to actually push one new video every single day, regardless. Mind you, these, none of these videos were getting like any comments or likes or anything. Like here and there, some of my trickle, oh, that's a great message, Ivan, this and that. So four months go by and mostly crickets until one day I get a direct message from Kristen. Kristen happens to work at a fairly large healthcare startup right here in St. Louis. And the message says, Ivan, love your videos, love how raw and real you are. I've, I've Googled you. I know you're authentic. I know what you've done. Can you come in and talk to us about some digital stuff with one of the five partners? Long story short, I ended up doing 20 grand in revenue in three months with them. Why? Because I just kept pushing video for four months. And so mind you, when most people were like, Ivan, this is a waste of fucking time. You're, you're pushing these videos. Nobody's watching these videos. Nobody gives a shit. Right. Nuh-uh. People do watch. We have more lurkers out there respecting yep. you, Ivan, because they yep. can't do it themselves. And I think the vulnerability behind it is actually you have to have set boundaries because or know you you are. And it comes back to LinkedIn and Clubhouse, actually, because it's the same thing. Because yep. different format, yep. but same formula. Yep. Right. Which is how to be vulnerable, but to be vulnerable, you need to know who you are and set the boundaries. Yep. Yep. And your boundaries is like, uh, you know, you don't want to, there's this thing that I'm seeing a lot happening on clubhouse where people are transferring the trauma over. Right. Right. I think it's, and they think it's called storytelling. No, that's transfer. That's trauma dumping. Right. <laughs> and Cause there was no end. There's no, there's nothing because everyone's been pushing them down, but where's like the thing that pushes, pulls you back up. Right. And you sharing your failures because there is a reason it's because for people to avoid it, or there's like a light at the end of that tunnel as well. So that's the winning attitude that we need to pull people up. Right. You know what I realized in that, 
one, one thing I wanted to uh, one thing I wanted to mention. I'm sorry, that was uh, my phone that was actually ringing. Uh, one thing that I actually realized in what you just said, because you actually affirmed the fact that it's not true that you're wasting time posting videos on LinkedIn, right? But you know what I realized in that four month exercise is just that how many people were judgmental of me? Many. And so you suddenly actually helped me weed out all the crap and all the bullshit and all the haters, so to speak, that were like, nah, this is a waste of time. I mean, you shouldn't do this. When in fact, what people, now the right people, that would actually, like you said, pay you money because in exchange of value, not to mention is that by that time, they've gotten to know you <laughs> through the videos. It's almost like this because you're exposing yourself that I didn't need to be known by everybody. I just need to be known by somebody, by one person. That's it. That's relevant. Yeah. And I think exactly. at, at the, if you resonate with the right people, video's voice has gives out this frequency of conviction and your character. Mm -hmm. That's why I love it. Because if you, if you heard me five years ago and you haven't heard me and talked to me since then, do you feel like I've changed or grown since that last conversation? Well, I'll tell you this string. Um, and a lot of people don't know about uh, th this about me because there's been a huge evolution over the last probably three years. For me as a person, I'm a father now. I have a 40-year-old. I have a two-year-old also. Uh, I'm also obviously married. You know, I went from 2017 being bankrupt to 2020. I made over six figures with my business. But it was a mental shift for me. It was a huge mental shift for me that really changed. But to answer your question is... I think the way that you present yourself absolutely speaks to the fact that um, I think there's been a transformation in the way that you perceive everything, because I'm a firm believer. This is at least me. And, you know, some of my mentors like Ed Milet and Andy Frazella have talked about this, that when you change your mind, everything, everything is mindset. Literally, everything is mindset. So, for example, you know, it's snowing outside right now. <laughs> so I could literally sit here and be like, oh, fuck, it's such a crappy day outside. I'm in a bad mood. I'm not going to get anything done. Or I'm going to say, I'm going to conquer Monday. I'm going to fucking get everything done. That's all my to-do list, right? So it's all about perception. It's all about mindset. So I think your mindset has evolved. And that's what has helped you reach these milestones that you, that you have accomplished. But for me personally, I'm, a, I'm that person that, you know, really truly uh, tries to get to know people at the heart level specifically, because what I've found is just that those are the people that I've actually aligned to do business with. In fact, and so I think there's definitely been to answer your question. I think there's been a transformation. Again, I haven't paid much attention to a lot of your content online, but my intuition is telling me that I think you've gone through a mindset shift and maybe even several for that matter that has really given you, I don't know if necessarily it's epiphanies, but it has really given you a stronger purpose, a stronger why for why you're doing things. Because for me, my why is my family. That's, that's my why. That's why I do everything. You know, I want to create opportunities for my kids that I didn't have growing up as an immigrant. You know, I want to create opportunities to where they can have ultimate freedom when they get to be an age. And that's why I do what I do. I mean, I'm passionate what I, about what I do 
but my why, and I believe as an entrepreneur, you got to have a why and you got to have a purpose. Why are you doing it? Because that's your motivator. I do. And to tell the truth, like, I always think about my nieces and my nephew because like, I don't Mm -hmm. have kids, but I'm always thinking about, I wish they didn't, uh, how can I make a better future for them? Because at the end of the day, these are tools and tactics that I want to like surpass generations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going back to LinkedIn, though, because I want to I want to bring this full circle, because (laughs) what we're talking about here are mindset shifts, at least from what I'm hearing from you, that has attributed to you, you know, becoming a four time top voice, zero to sixty five thousand followers on LinkedIn. When I think too many people, especially in the digital space and marketing, Look at everything so from a quantitative standpoint, right? Now, now you, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the reason you've been able to, to have these accomplishments is because you set ego aside, you figured out who you are, you figured out your voice, and then you told the world about it, right? I think so, because I'm hitting a sore point, right? They always come and ask me the same question. And it, funny enough, they think it's monetization, but it's a totally different thing. I, I remember like going through my business and I thought it was video and then I thought it was branding. Then it keeps on going back to the like, oh, it's the yep. purpose. Yep. It's just it's just like the fundamentals of being a human. And we being on video, being on LinkedIn, being on Clubhouse, there's, they're just mechanisms for us to be better humans or better communicators, right? And a lot of people don't know how yeah. to articulate what's happening here or they think it's all about people pay for here but if you don't know how to like have heart-to-heart conversations or being just yourself there's always going to be that trust factor it's like can i trust this person yeah at the end of the day right and there's always going to be people competing for because when you think about it you and i do marketing right yeah they chose you because they like ivan it's like i know ivan they chose yeah. me because there's like a string has able to accomplish something that I want to accomplish, but she did yeah. it authentically. How did she do that? So I, I just think people just want to be better humans. And at the end of the day, we just want to be better humans. How can we be better humans? Yeah. Because at the moment, there's a lot of like shit going on right now. A lot of people going through depression. Yeah. Unemployment is hot skyrocketing and people yeah. are questioning their life. Depression is on the rise. Suicide is going to be on the rise. So what do we need to do to give the people these purpose where they feel like they could translate? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm onto something, but I'm just think there's like a bigger reason why we're here now. Like the systems that we, that exist doesn't work anymore. I love that string. I love that. And then um, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Honestly, I, I also believe you're here on the show because you were meant to come on the show. But what you said, actually, something some, something similar happened to me recently. That actually helped me win a new client. So um, it's actually someone that I work out with every week. It's, a, it's actually a group of guys. And it's a local group. You know, we, got, we get put through the ringer. But one of the guys owns a roofing company that does about a half a million per year. He has a, you know, 10-person crew. He's been doing it for 20 years. But after the workout, me and him you know, started talking a little bit about religion. We started talking about life and just really got into an in-depth conversation. I'm like, fuck yes. I loved in-depth conversation. It's just who I am as a person. Long story short, as I found out that he was having like all these struggles uh, that he was going through, and then 
that segued into like, man, I'm not happy with this marketing provider. <laughs> That's like I'm paying money because business and life, I mean, they're correlated because he's been doing reef, roofing for 20 years and he's the best in the areas because he's passionate about it. He's not just doing it for money. He's passionate about it. Next thing I know is he invites me into a new home that he just purchased. We're just sitting down talking about, well, here's what I'm paying for and, and here's what's working, what's not working. Next thing I know is this is a $1,500 per month client starting out just for social marketing services. But like you said, it's that emotional connection because I think people buy based on emotion. Like you said, likability. Why do people like string? Because string does X, Y, Z. Because string makes me feel a certain way. String listens to me, connects with me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, I mean, that's really what you've done on LinkedIn. You've just storytelled it over and over and over and over. And now you're doing it also on Clubhouse, right? Yeah, pretty much. This I'm repeating the same messaging, but Clubhouse has given me the space to go deeper. Mm -hmm. And now like, yeah. I feel like LinkedIn was just showing the surface of like what I achieved. So I haven't really, my mom is really intuitive. It's like, you need to be more open. I was like, I don't open enough, mom. It's like, no, you need to be go more open. <laughs> <laughs> so Clubhouse has given me that space to go more open and have these conversations because yeah. I realize ego, people don't know how to deal with their ego or other people's ego. Yeah. And to be authentic, we need to learn how to deal with these egos ourselves and others as well. Yeah. You know, um, one, one of the biggest issues I think in the digital marketing space is because I see this in my social streams every day, you know, I'm heavy on Instagram these days and Facebook also, and LinkedIn is, it, I feel like let's, let's just say we have a love hate relationship, uh, but I'm, I'm doing it, but I see all these digital marketers that are literally just cold calling, just pitching. Like we can fix your marketing we can do this and this. And, and, and I think that's probably, so me, it's similar to what you said is that storytelling I think is so important in the digital space because it builds that report with people. It gives them, it, it suddenly uh, uh, makes you a top of mind because you're different. You know, you have a unique story to tell. You've got a why, you've got a purpose. You can connect with people. Most importantly is you can solve a problem by, and for me, at least from what I found is leading with education is okay. You know, business owner has a problem. Okay. Here's how I would fix that problem. You're giving them education and you're doing that on LinkedIn and clubhouse and, and, you know, I was actually surprised that I, I scored a project on Clubhouse by just reaching out to someone and giving perspective. But that's because like people are more open there. There are high right. level conversations, high level people there. And they're there because they want to look for an answer. So they're, right. whereas LinkedIn, I feel like people, because of the shitty spams and the attitude, like people are more closed. Whereas like mm -hmm. there's an open door mentality happening inside Clubhouse. That's true. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about Clubhouse. I know we chatted a little bit about, you know, LinkedIn. So are you cross pollinating between like LinkedIn and Clubhouse? And, and what are you doing on Clubhouse? What has proven to work for you? And I know that uh, one of the things that you mentioned actually in the notes is that um, growing a community is like that next level that in digital and marketing that you know, entrepreneurs that are in that space need to embrace. So let's talk about that. And what are you doing specifically that has proven to be successful? Um, um, 
finding my voice again. I'm going back to basics. Okay. Why? Because I want to know if I'm resonating. Every time there's a new platform, I use that as a, a sandpit experiment to see if I could grow really fast. Okay. And, and it is working to tell the truth, like, because I had that conviction and I have the expertise and I have that voice. I just went out there and put myself out there again. If anything, I feel like Clubhouse is a South by Southwest, super unorganized, but audio version only. Right. And if you go to conferences, you go like, hey, hey, nice to meet you. I have a question. I know you're an expert at this. Can you tell me blah, blah, blah? Because like people love asking really relevant questions. Yeah. That's, that's all I do is just ask questions. But when I'm moderating a room, I provide synced value as much as I can in an actual way. And a lot of times I notice like a lot of people will fluff around. Yeah. But if it's a good way to like articulate your communication in a way, because even though you answer one person's question, you're actually answering everyone's question in that room. Yeah. That's really good. Interesting. So uh, the reason I asked the question is because I was actually kind of surprised when you said going back to basics, because uh, I think the technology part is probably the easiest thing to figure out, at least for most people. Like, how do I navigate Clubhouse? Well, you know, a little trial and fail, trial and error, and you can probably figure it out, at least for the most somewhat tech savvy people. But OK, you figure it out. But what do I do now on Clubhouse? Raise your right? hands, ask questions set up rooms, right? join multiple communities that you feel like you can resonate with and contri contribute to well, mm -hmm. um, contribute as well. So I joined the marketing one, like they run Marketing Mondays and it's just like a long Q&A that goes for hours. Like people just sharing knowledge and helping mm -hmm. one person at a time and giving them as much insights as their time. It could be overwhelming sometimes, but it works. Second sure. one is like um, the LinkedIn community, the WOC community and the Asian American or Asian professional communities. So I'm tapping into these networks and just like floating around and saying hello to them. Yeah. Providing high value as well. And if I feel like I need to have the offline conversations, I go offline and contribute and provide, continually provide that high level, high value conversation offline as well. Yeah. And, and, I, and it's, and I've been able to grow, like I've only been like four, six weeks and I'm up to like 3,000 followers now. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's, so it works. Like the techniques mm -hmm. that I work is like being vulnerable, being valuable and assertive. But also I became like a dope moderator because people like when they rock in my room, they know that they go have high yeah. value. Yeah. So let me ask you this, since we're talking about Clubhouse and not being such a, a fresh platform, um, what are some tips that you could give besides, like you said, well, you figure out the tech, <laughs> now what it's like, okay, well, I go in and, you know, participate in star rooms. Great. You know, people figure that out, but are there any specific tactical things that you have done other than, you know, being in a room for two hours and draining your iPhone battery, right? Yeah, like yeah. the obvious one, but you know, is there certain contextual messaging, uh, like the way you storytell? Because you said you went back to basics, but I'd love to hear like some things that you've done, you know, for viewers and listeners that are maybe just getting to Clubhouse, you know, like what, what are some uh, not so basic, but more like advanced strategies that you could do, you know, to really help you build that following? One, position yourself really clearly. Okay. If you want to be the go-to 
LinkedIn marketer, you should be really clear and like, hey, I've, I'm a go-to LinkedIn marketer. So even the first three lines of your Clubhouse bio should be highlight and reinforce that expertise. It could be numbers, but it has to be hyper-aggressive. Some people like helped 6K figures on LinkedIn or something like that, right? Or my one is like four times LinkedIn top voice. Um, another one that I helped flesh out because she didn't like the idea of like sharing monetary value or money. It's like yeah. helping 1,000 entrepreneurs leverage content marketing to grow their business. So it's all about metrics because it shows results. And it, so the first three line is like almost like your cred piece. Okay. You have to hook them in. So I call that the, your brand hook, your brand positioning hook. And then in your clubhouse bio, you should expand on your story almost about what values you provide, like from a personal value, because then you want to be, hey, this is the type of person I am. And this is what I believe in. And I even shared my story there, like of how, um, I think I, I shared a story about my mom because like she's like always the person that I always like start off with. Yeah. So what is that story that you want to go? Like how deep do you want people to know you? And yeah. then have a call to action. It's like, how do you can people pick, but make sure your Instagram and your Twitter DMs is connected and it reinforces your positioning as well. Because people will like look for opportunities for to distrust you or to not take you seriously. So make sure that you're, yeah. you clean up your like Instagram and your Twitter and your LinkedIn too, because people will like check you to see if you're legit or not. Yeah. And they will do that. They will like, it's just like that dude who watched all your four months worth of your videos or saw your videos on yeah. Instagram. He went on your website. He went on your Instagram. He was checking you out to see if you are who you are. Yeah, that's that's a really those are some really good tips. You know, thank you for sharing that. Um, and you're absolutely right. What you just said is that, you know, I think the average online user now is savvy enough to look up someone, whether it's a Google search or like you said, because you have the option to go to your Instagram and Twitter account, you know, and for me, I feel like I've pretty much ditched Twitter nowadays. So I'm on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn and, and uh, Facebook also, but you're right. It's like, they'll look you up because like you said, they don't want to see if you're legit. Right. So like what you're telling people in your profile and I go in deep, like, you know, bully through high school, immigrant, all that. But at the top, I say, you know, here's what I've done. Here's my successes, because I want to lead with that value. So people understand that, hey, here's what I'm capable of. You know, if you're serious about doing X, Y, Z, then we can do X, Y, Z. Does that make sense? But it's totally. interesting you said, and I think a lot of people don't understand that because I think I've seen some rooms on Clubhouse that people are sharing the bullshit about Clubhouse and the misrepresentation, basically, which it's like, you know, I mean, you're going to get that anywhere on any platform, you know, any platform, all platforms. It's, it yeah. just happens to be those of the rooms that are doing well because they have a really strong title mm -hmm. that yeah. people want to click onto. And the moderators are smart enough to like, hey, promote this room. So yeah. every person there who is doing well or who's growing there, they're doing growth hacky techniques to like leverage the audience because they feel like this audience is going to turn into a community and a community mm -hmm. that could be monetized because it's like a, a audio version of LinkedIn that they should have, but they didn't know how to create because they're not product enough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to segue into more like community growth because I, I, I agree with you. In fact, you know, speaking of uh, in these days, I'm very selective about who I work with, you know, and and uh, it has taken me years to really like hyper focus. 
But I've realized that the companies and, and the brands that are willing to invest, they understand that this is a long game. Uh, in fact, now more than ever, because as you know, the digital space is so saturated. And speaking of Clubhouse, over a million users, beta-only network with the likes of Kevin Hart and Oprah and uh, a bunch of other celebrities that are on it in invite-only mode. But that's one of only that's one of many other platforms, right? So let's talk about community growth. I would love to hear your thoughts because obviously you've built a community around strength, right? Like a giant community that resonates with your message, resonates with who you are as a person. There's relatability, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Let's talk about that. Like how, how, you know, what are some tips, some strategies that you've employed and whether it's on LinkedIn or on Clubhouse or any other social platform for that matter? So my challenge is right now, do I do a Gary Vee approach or do I go into like, you know, the trends or hustle approach? Right? Yeah. And hustle, yeah. like, okay, big picture, real talk. You can't sell Gary Vee. Right. Hustle and the trends.vc. Because they packaged it as a brand, you could sell that. They got acquired by HubSpot, by the way. So communities has become this asset that companies are buying now. Which yeah. one got acquired by HubSpot? I'm sorry. Um, Trends.vc. You should join. It's like one of those legit, I will send you a link. Um, okay. And I'll show you what the email looks like because it's a very well-written long piece because people want to go deep. So yep. a community, what's the difference between an audience and a community? Let's go back to fundamentals first. An audience consumes. It's a one-way conversation. Right. Community is a multi-layered, multiverse, like yeah. a network. Like you know, you, it's almost like going in a room and then you know that person in that room and everyone in that room. Whereas, like if you go for like a string approach, um, that one person loves me will rock up just for me. But a community rocks up for string and other people in that community and that network. Yeah, because they want to have a multi-layered conversation and that support. And because of COVID people have to find communities with like-minded interests yeah. and missions to like support each other. So they join for the community because of that reason now. So how do you create a, a safe space for a thriving community? And that's where you have to like understand ego and educate your members about mm. that on a regular basis as well. And I'm still practicing it out, but because like I started like talking about it on a regular basis, they started using unconsciously where if they feel like they're in the victim mood hood, it's like, how did they pull themselves out of it? Or like even acknowledging the ego exists in the first place is a good sign, I think. Um, and so community is how do you grow a community on Clubhouse? Because I feel like there's, it's different from LinkedIn where I feel like I've brought, um, I grew an audience on LinkedIn, but on, on Clubhouse, I feel like I'm growing a community. So I'm waiting for me yeah. to like, um, for Clubhouse to say the trusted voice. So I could grow, I'll go and growth hack it, right? Grow the community and the trusted voice and members, paid members will have leverage on that because they don't have the skills to yeah. grow an audience, but they have expertise that I respect and I make sure that they, they're the real legit people as well. So they have access yeah. to the club so they could like have distribution or audience and I'm going to pull them up and shine the light on what they have to say. My role is to give them that platform for them to shine light on what they have to say. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know, I don't expect them to like growth hack. That's not their technique. 
but the years of knowledge and expertise is something that I appreciate. So I'm, I'm creating tools and these platforms for them to be at the trust foot. Yeah. You know, I want to go back. I'll come back to clubhouse in a second, but I want to go back to what you said, the Gary V because uh, I've tried to employ that model for years now um, the content marketing model specifically. And one thing that I, I literally, I did last year that, that I basically last year in 2020, mind you in this you know, pandemic is I literally 100% doubled on my personal brand and heavily on Instagram by just literally creating mass amounts of exposure a lot of social video, literally. And here's what happened is, so people buy you. That's that's a given fact. So what I figured is, okay, similar to what you were saying is building that, growing that community in essence, which which is not like a huge community, but is a community nonetheless. And by creating that exposure, it actually helped create more attraction. And as a result, it started to generate more conversations with specific people, with specific people. I know you know, back in October of last year, you know, we signed on a $25 million mining company out of a comment on Instagram, hmm. literally, because I carried a conversation so much that after that, I was on the phone with their chief sales officer for three hours to the point to where my phone battery drained. And we talked and talked and talked. And then suddenly, boom, the punch came in. It was like, I've been doing this, this, and this, it's not working and really got into the marketing side of it. So I, I know that works. And in fact, believe it or not, I'm actually in the midst of hiring a videographer because we're actually a company of two right now, hopefully a company of three very soon, plus an investor and a videographer to literally do similar to what Gary V is doing by really employing the, the documentative approach mm-hmm. in the interview style. And I'm not talking about social video, like talking on a mic right now, basically, and just spewing knowledge and value and talking about, hey, here's things that you can do, like you said, building a community. No, this is more like, you know, a day in the life of Ivan (laughs) to where like people can actually see that, you know, father, husband, you know, health and fitness, you know, cyclist, you know, like really embrace that. Because what I found, String, is when people really connected on that level, I attracted, I attracted health and fitness people that are huge in it that became clients, you know, yes. attracted people that wanted to have deep conversations. So, but I think what you're saying on Clubhouse is that you're just doing that on an audio medium, which Clubhouse is just, <laughs> I think it's a medium of its own now. It's it like is, literally, it so, uh, so interesting you said the Gary V model, because I want to go back to that, because that's literally what, I mean, last year was the first year, you know, going over six figures and this year looking to double or perhaps triple that revenue, especially with this investment and bringing on a full-time salesperson to build an entire sales team within, within our company also. But it's interesting you said that because it goes back to what I think you did in your earlier days with Meerkat, where like you said, people were afraid to get, people are afraid to get on camera and they're missing the boat, so to speak. They are. Because they always are. Video is actually still the platform that people are still scared of more so than audio and people and i think it'd be another and i'm waiting for that crack to happen because why are youtubers doing so well but it's only like a one percentile of youtubers are doing well and there are many empty accounts because people just give up too easily and it's just like comes to mindset thing again what are you doing like the reason that i was on meerkat was to find myself that's it and that was a bold move back then for you. I remember that because 
it was a bold move for a lot of people, I think, because, you know, that was, well, five years ago. Is that what Facebook Live really yeah, took Facebook, off? Yeah, yeah. And literally the people who succeeded was like, a, I realized when I watch people doing LinkedIn Live, and I don't think it's a good distribution channel, but I watch a lot of people and they find themselves and the, they're finding their voice. Yeah. But when we're looking for our voice, it's actually finding ourselves. And I'm going back to like, how can we leverage different platforms? Right. And now I'm going back to the fundamental step of like, oh, we're just finding ourselves. And Ivan, right. you and I are ahead of the game because we just happen to be more committed to finding ourselves. But even I still go back to basics because it's like, am I, yeah. do I know who I am? And I do, but am I aware about the audience? how can I connect with the audience that uh, is more scalable now? Because Clubhouse has created this intimacy that's scalable now. Yeah, and I was actually looking something up because um, you said ahead of the game. Now, believe it or not, after almost six years of running my business now, I feel like last year was literally like the first year that we made any leaps. We actually were able to define our core values as a brand. And one of those core values is disruption, because mm -hmm. I've always lived a very much like you self-taught. I mean, I was that 14 year old kid 26 years ago when we immigrated to the States that was, you know, cranking away on a CRT monitor because my parents didn't know how to use the only computer they had in the pizza joint at the time. That was my father's first entrepreneurial endeavor. So, of course, the 14 year old kid inherited. But that was actually one of the biggest blessings because it really introduced me to technology. Now, I think disruption and, and I think you would probably agree with this because you've done this. You've always try to find ways of how to disrupt meerkat was a form of disruption when no, when nobody was doing live video you put yourself out there because you knew that i need to disrupt the traditional to position myself by exposing myself basically and honestly when i look at any successful entrepreneur so elon musk which i just heard that they dumped 1.5 billion into bitcoin i was like what the fuck that's but you know what? That's just that's that's why Tesla is Tesla. That's why Elon Musk is a self-made billionaire. And you know, notice that I guess this guy used to read like one book per day or does or something like. But that's just it. Is like if you want, and I think it goes back to communities. If you want to become the greatest version of yourself, if you want to become the best at what you maximize your potential, you need to understand that disruption is going to be a huge part of it to disrupt the traditional of what everybody else has done. That includes getting on live video, doing a podcast, doing everything else that, that everybody else is not doing. So being the 1% of what the other 99% are unwilling to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what, what you've, that's what you've done, right? Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm always, I feel like an alien all the time. Cause I feel like I'm two years ahead of the game. And so my role is like, oh, and it's good because like it, it's only now have I been able to monetize by being an outlier and being a disruptor, right? And I get sure. it, like my role, that's why I did a startup so I could play that space. I can use that creativity where I feel like, yeah, I'm an alien, I'm cool with that. This is what you need yeah. to do. Like from an alien speaking to like a human speak right now, you need to be a better human. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that I'm like going back yeah. to fundamentals and it's like, what, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a human. It's like, are you really, are you really a good human? Are you articulating that online? You know, I think 
I think, I think you are. And in fact, I think uh, what you've done, uh, and again, congratulations on all your success, but I, I personally think that all of your success is really attributed to finding out who you are, finding your voice. Like literally, and I'm not talking about set aside the bullshit marketing and business lingo. No, literally finding yourself. Like, who are you? And I think the reason I'm saying this is because I can very much resonate with what you've done because I've done that. Like I know, here's an example is eight years ago when I started, I'm a road, road cyclist. So eight years ago when I started cycling for the first two years, it was really just for endurance and health mm-hmm. and fitness, like just to get in shape. Nowadays, I cycle 70 miles per week because it's mental therapy for me. It's literally the one thing that I do to, to escape, especially when I have like a tough day or something. It's a good way to exhilarate. But you know what? That's finding me. And I, I think, like you said, in today's digital age with platforms like LinkedIn and Clubhouse and even Facebook and Instagram even or, or TikTok or Snapchat – Whichever one, it's about really finding your voice. Like, who are you? I mean, forget about authority and all that other bullshit. It's about who are you? Because at the end of the day, you want to attract other like-minded people, right? And I think most people in the social media space don't want to attract everybody and their mom because they think that that's going to give them some level of gratification, right? Yes. Uh, I have to head off because I went overtime with our cause and it's really good. But I really... All the things that you said, like I actually went deeper and deeper and people thought we'd go have a conversation about LinkedIn and Clubhouse. It is. Yeah. Finding yourself is what you need to do and be yourself is what you need to do. Well, before we sign off real quick, just tell everybody, you know, the viewers and then the listeners also, how can they connect with you, where they can find you? I'm String Story on Clubhouse Instagram and also String Story on LinkedIn but I'll rather you have a conversation with me in Clubhouse right now because that's where the magic is right now. I'm always about trends and growth. That's where Clubhouse is, the magic. String, thank you so much. It was so great to to catch up with you, have you back, you know, on the Roz Project too. And congratulations on all your success. I'm looking forward to jumping into convos on Clubhouse with you and anywhere else really in the digital stratosphere. Yes, and likewise as well. I hope you get that funding because it's a different ball game when you have someone else contributing to your thing so good luck with that because it's like thank a totally you. different level I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that thank you string appreciate it